Episode of the Mr. Barton Maths Podcast with me, Craig Barton, a show where I interview people who interest and inspire me from the wonderful world of education. Now, something a bit different here. This is the first episode in the Topic in Depth series. Now, for the last few years, I have been thoroughly engrossed throughout several Topic in Depth presentations given by my good friend, Joe Morgan. In these sessions, she takes a mathematical topic and describes how she approaches the planning, sharing resources, approaches and quirks from the past and the present. Now, I've been eager to find a way to get these wonderful sessions out to a wider audience. And so we have partnered with the wonderful Tez to make this happen. The following discussion was filmed, and to get the full experience, you probably want to watch the video as you can see firsthand the resources that Joe is describing. Our idea is that these videos might be watched by individual teachers to aid their planning, or even whole maths departments within weekly departmental meetings to stimulate discussion. You can access the video on the show notes page where you will also find a link to download Joe's presentation so you can get your hands on those resources straight away. One plug from me before we crack on, my new book, Reflect, Expect, Check, Explain, is due for release at the end of February 2020. It is my potentially controversial look at how to use carefully varied sequences of questions and examples in the classroom to enable our students to think mathematically. It also features an epic 40,000 word chapter on how the core ideas from my first book, How I Wish I'd Taught Maths, have developed in the two years since the book's release. Reflect, Expect, Check, Explain is available to pre-order from Amazon now to guarantee delivery on release day, and there's a link to that in the show notes. Anyway, without further ado, here's Joe and I live from the Tez office in Sheffield. Thanks so much for Tez for hosting this and for you listening. And if you enjoy the conversation, along with the accompanying video and PowerPoint, then please let Joe, I and Tez know, and we will endeavour to make more of these topping in depth sessions in the future. Take care and bye for now. Hello and welcome to the Topic in Depth series, episode two on indices, which is kindly supported by Tez. I'm here as always with Joe Morgan. Hello, Joe. Hi, Craig. Now, Joe, opening question: Why are we doing indices today? Oh, isn't that the best topic? I absolutely love indices. Um, it's not just that I love it; it's also pretty fundamental to so much of maths. And actually, they they meet it a little bit in primary, but we do a lot of it in um, very early secondary, and then. It just goes right the way through. You can't do A-level without good indices knowledge. So, And it's so fun. And it's so easy to explain, which we'll come to later. But uh, there's, there's so many lovely things about indices. Right, I'm going into this a bit of an indices sceptic, so I'm, I'm ready to <laughs> no. be persuaded. Uh, just a little note for our listeners, all of the resources that Joe's going to talk about are available to, to download the PowerPoint that goes with this, with this video uh, from uh, Joe's website. So don't worry about noting things down as you go. Right, what are we starting with then? Right, well... Um, if we're t- teaching any topic, um, we need to think about some, some sort of standard stuff. And let's say we're teaching, it doesn't have to be indices, any topic coming up, and we're in a department meeting, and we're talking about how we're going to plan this topic. Let's say that the first thing we think about is the, the progression of that topic. Okay. So where does it go from key stage one right through to key stage five? Okay. And we talk about that with any topic. And I'll tell you now, I don't do that enough. Because yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just, right, we're doing this for year now, mm-hmm. what's he saying the scheme yeah. of work? I don't do enough thinking of where it's come from, and cr- I definitely don't do enough thinking about where it's going. And you ask a teacher who's teaching fractions in year seven if they've done fraction division before, and some of them will not know. Mm, so we really should know what's going on in yes. primary. Um, but also the links to other subjects, other parts, you know, are they seeing indices elsewhere? I mean, we know they're seeing standard form in science. Yeah, are true. they, um, you know, the prerequisites and all that kind of thing. So we should think about that for any topic. Okay. Um, the examples we're going to use and the explanations, that's the most important thing a teacher can think about. Absolutely key to being a teacher is how we're going to explain it. Um, how are we going to assess students? Like how are we going to know whether they've got it? How are we going to know where they're starting? How are we going to know how they're getting on yeah. while we're teaching? Yeah. All that kind of thing. 
what are their misconceptions? So what is it that they are going to get wrong here? Yes. We have to know that. That's part of our subject knowledge. Um, what tasks can we use? What resources we can use? How are we going to develop fluency? How are we mm. going to challenge our students? How can we support our students? Yes. Um, where's the enrichment? Where's the narrative? Are there stories to tell here? How is there anything that really interesting that we can talk about that's just they're really going to remember and they're going to go home talking about this really fascinating thing they learned in math today? And overall, for any topic, how can we teach it in depth? and not at this kind of superficial level. So how can we sort of go into um, a level of depth where we're filling our lessons with valuable, useful things yeah. and not rushing through things? That's, if, if I was to do a slide um, for my first 12 years of teaching about how I'm <laughs> planning my topics, I'd just need one box and it would just say, find a nice fancy resource. And that'd be it, right? Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? But yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. interesting that you say the most important thing is explanations yeah. and examples. I completely agree. Yes. It's the examples we give our kids and the explanations that illustrate those that are going to help shape their understanding That's and it. experience of a topic. And mm -hmm. I'm certainly guilty of not putting enough thought into yeah. that. Yeah, so, so I think any topic we're teaching, this is what we should be talking about at department meetings. We should be either thinking about these things on our own or collaborating on our ideas for these things. For I'm, any on topic. I'm on board. So if we do this for indices and we start by looking at that progression, it's actually fairly late in primary that they first meet index notation and it is just squared and cubed. Okay. So that's they, so they are seeing that notation. It's not like they've never seen it before. Yes. But it isn't a massive deal. Um, and it and is, no, square, no square roots and cube roots. It's just squares no, and cubes. No, so just these. And, and, they're, um, and, and if you look, it's, it's talking about... Um, it's kind of just mentioned in this thing about um, solve problems involving multiplications and their squares and cubes and that. And, and it does come up on SATs. So the fact it comes up on SATs means we know this is definitely being taught. And actually, if you ask year sevens coming in, they have seen it before. Yes, yes. Um, that's the sort of question they'll get on their SATs. So okay. three squared plus 10. So they do have to know what the little number does. Yes. Um, that's another question. A square number and a prime number have a total of 22. It's a bit more Ooh. problem solving. Um, and that means they, they, nice. know, they need to know what square numbers are. So it's not just that they need to know what, um, what the yeah. little two means, but they yeah. need to know what their square numbers are and maybe they've spent some time looking at squares and primes. Okay, kind of okay. Um, so that's kind of, but that's kind of the extent of it at primary school, which actually, I really love that when, as a, if I'm teaching year seven, I get to teach something that they've not seen much of yeah, before because they've yeah. got that real, it's got that real secondary school freshness about it and that sort of exciting, let's look at a new topic. But it is important to be aware that, as you say, not everything's new to them, right? So oh, those, those little numbers, if I come in and say, oh, yeah. wait till you see oh, this. No, 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 don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> already seen that. So. I'd always yeah, start okay. with the, um, so you would have seen this before. I know you've seen it before. Yeah. Um, let's see if we can remember what that does. Nice and let me go into a lot more depth on it. Nice. Um, at Key Stage 3, we've got, um, we've got recognising powers of 2, 3, 4 and 5. So that kind of surprised me when I saw that yeah. specifically written. And also we've got um, where algebra comes in. So knowing that A squared is A times A, etc. It's, it's, it's worryingly vague that as well, and it just how many powers you need to know of four and five and stuff. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, because um, I think it's actually defined at GCSE. I think we know what we go up to. Ah, okay. And um, certainly we know um, what we have to go up to 15 squared, for example, for square numbers. Yes. Like that's all defined. But yeah, that is very vague. Yeah. Um, and then we have, you know, we have stuff on roots in there as well um, and then at GCSE we have index laws and I notice that index laws isn't mentioned at key stage three mm. but we all teach index laws at key stage three yes. but it's not mentioned there it is mentioned at GCSE and also that's where our integer and uh, sorry our fractional indices are coming in for the first time got it so that's really all that it's all very vague and all very sort mm. of no detail and you can there. imagine right like if you're a new teacher reading this you think mm -hmm. what what the flipping heck's going on here? Yeah. How far do I take it? Mm -hmm. And so on. It, it can be really hard to follow. Can't it? Just well, specifications well, why, just like um, this, That's right? why I say, for example, AQA's teaching guidance has the example questions yeah, so and a lot important. more detail. So, so yeah, you can't, from that, you've no idea what you're meant to be teaching. Yeah. Um, and it comes up a lot on GCSE, as you'd expect. Typical, this is um, an AQA foundation question. Yeah. So that's 2017. Uh, standard. You know, that is as standard as it gets for indices. One mark. Um, yeah. And, and that is just testing. Do you know what that notation is? And can you multiply two by itself four times? Yeah. Um, another standard uh, multiple choice question. Uh, which one does not simplify to y cubed? Um, you know, it's nice. That's that's harder though, right? Straight yeah, they're going to get away. some of those wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's your classic example, non-example. And you've got thing. those. You've got those y to power of ones in there, which yeah. in, fact, in two like of those that. questions. Um, so and and actually, the fact they've gone for six and two in the last Lovely, example that. when really nice. when two is a factor of six, and uh, you know, because we we know that the choice of numbers when you do the division law, the choice of numbers makes a big difference Absolutely. about whether they'll get it right Absolutely. or wrong. Absolutely. 
So that's quite tough. That's foundation. Um, but it is, um, you know, this is index laws there. That what, what, is. What do you reckon most common wrong answer there would be? Most common wrong answer. I, I'm, I'm going for the y to the power of two times y. I reckon. I reckon it could go wrong there, maybe. I don't know. I think maybe the y is powerful. Y divided by y, possibly. I don't know. I think um, there's, I'd be interested to look at the stats for that. But Worth, worth asking to the kids, though, that one, isn't it? Yeah, it's Definitely. nice. Yeah. And then we know that it comes up in other topics as well. So standard form, um, you need to know your index laws if it's a non-calculator standard form question. You need to yes. know your index laws. Um, and things like that. Factorising. It's just algebra. Yeah. And you don't need to know index laws, but you need to know what A squared means. Yes. So you need to know what index notation is. Yes. Um, simplify M cubed plus M cubed. Now, they're all going to go wrong with that. Of course they are. Because they're going to think that's an index laws question. Yes. It's not. It's a simplifying algebra question. Um, but again, we've got index notation all over oh, the place. Yep. Um, write 36 as a product of prime factors and give your answer in index form. There it is, so again, yeah. they need to know what index form is. Um, I just sorry to interrupt, Joe. It's interesting in the index form. It goes right across number and right across algebra. It's, it does, yeah. It's very it's much. It's one of those topics where if you're trying to like create a website like mine and you don't know where to put indices Absolutely. because it comes up in both. Um, on higher, you can get some pretty challenging questions. In fact, some of the hardest questions on the paper often involve index okay. laws. Um, that, I think, is fairly <sighs> standard. Now, I don't think that one's too bad. Looks bad, though, right? Um, I think, but I think a year seven who's done, in, oh, sorry, a year eight who's done index laws can do that. Okay. I don't think you need to be like a higher end year 11 to do that. I think it shows you that kids need to be comfortable with things expressed with letters yeah, as opposed okay. to just doing the number examples. I think okay. it looks worse than it is. Uh, yeah, it's a nice right, question. It nice yeah. question. Um, and then um, that's sort of standard testing of negative and fractional yes. indices, but they do find that hard. Yes. And I think that is really learn the rule and you've got it, but yeah, they do so. find that harder than I expect. Yeah. Um, but to me, the really hard GCSE questions on this is your change of base questions. Yeah. And that's the one that would tend to be the last question on yeah, a paper yeah, yeah. and um, really low numbers getting that right. Yes. Um, and um, I normally teach uh, change of base at GCSE. I don't I normally teach it in year 10, but this year I had to do it at year 8, and they just weren't ready for it. It's yeah, such it's a complex topic. There's uh, a lot going on in and, that. And they, it interleaves in other stuff as well. Can you mm. see straight away all your fraction rules? Well. Are in yep, there. Yep. Odd, odd stuff. Um, the, so that is kind of as hard as index laws or indices gets on GCSE. Yep. Change of base is kind of the most difficult, the highest level that you get. Um writing things as a power of two there's an issue there where my students when I've had a, a sort of top set year 11 before and they've all been getting grades eight grade eight and nine and they've come out of the exam and they've said I didn't know what that meant by a power of two and that was a that was a failing in my teaching where I hadn't really spent time talking about powers of two and what what that wording means so they may have been able to do the maths if they'd known that I'm talking about a base of two there. that's interesting yeah. okay so that's kind of as hard as it gets but then we all know that um it goes on to a level as well which I talked about in a minute this question, which wasn't an end of the paper question, it was kind of two yeah, thirds of the way through. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one, my my again, my top set year eleven really struggle with. So have a look mm. at it. N is a number, and then we've got n written as a product of primes, but it's got that. It's it's a bit unusual, and then Ooh. we just have to write out three n squared. All yes, we're doing is yeah. taking that expression. And we have to know our order of operations. Yeah. So yeah. we have to know that we are squaring it and then multiplying it by three. Yes. So first of all, we're squaring it. So we think about what happens to the indices. Yes. And then we multiply it by three, which is just changing yeah. the, the, the power of three. That's really tricky. I think that's very hard, that, you know. So I, I think, so hard even hard. though I've talked about these being kind of the hardest, as hard as it gets, I'd say that was a pretty and, hard index question. And now we're talking about teaching indices in depth for this series. That That's kind of the ultimate aim, right? You want you want kids to be able to, all the questions that you've seen, yes. you want them to not have learned some method to do it, but mm. to, because of the unpredictability of these questions, yes. they need that Absolutely. deep knowledge yeah. to not be like, what the hell is that? Yes, yeah. They So that's the thing. If they're thrown by this because they've never seen one like this, before then I haven't taught it in depth enough because they shouldn't be thrown by unfamiliar questions I mean that's the aim isn't it that they're not thrown by unfamiliar questions absolutely right um, at A level and I just thought I'd show one example um, it, the content on the spec says understand and use the law of indices for rational exponents and, and it's just it's given they should know index laws and we yes. always do a little bit at the very beginning yes. but they should know it particularly those fractional and negative indices and if you look at part A here they're going from they are taking that expression and they're writing it with indices yes, in order yes. to differentiate it 
Yes. So you you just cannot do A level without in without a very strong indices knowledge. It's absolutely um, prerequisite and standard. And it's one of those things. The worry is you can get through GCSE without knowing and you can get it all. Get a very good much. grade without. Yeah. And then you come to A level and you're in a bit of trouble. Absolutely. And and you know we haven't got time to teach it in depth at the beginning of no. A level. So they they really need to come in knowing this. But we're doing it in depth now, aren't we're doing we? Doing in depth now. So we can't do it in depth at the beginning of A level, but we can do it at depth oh, lower right, down nice, the score. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So if we start by looking at index notation, and this is where I have uh, I have not done this well in the past. I have been far too quick. So this is how I used to do it. Okay. I'm so sorry about this. <laughs> so I would say, so I get my sort of year sevens, and say uh, the, the lesson would be not a lesson on indices, but a lesson on multiplying terms algebraically. Okay. So the first time we're doing algebra with year seven, and I get to that point where, so we might have done a bit of simplifying, and then now I want them to do A times A. Right. And I'm thinking, right, this is where I'm going to have to bring in the indices. Nice. Now, now I do an index notation lesson, kind of, and it needs to it needs to come before my multiplying terms lesson. Right. But okay. here I'd say, right, we're doing multiplying terms today, so I'm just going to start, just going to check so I know this. Right. So I say, right, you know, you all know what this means, don't you? And then someone, yeah. one person, put up their hand and say, yeah, that means two times two, um, because that little two there means squared. And I, and I say, yeah, so you all know this because that one person answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'd say, oh, so what do we think this one means? Yeah. And then obviously one person would answer. I say, yeah, you all got that yeah. and then I might say well you, I think you've seen this one before I think you've seen this at primary so who yeah. knows what this one means and again someone might say it's two times two times two and that one person replying would yes. be good enough for me and I'll tell you what it's not just good enough for you um, so Dylan William um, says the greatest mistake he made as a teacher was assuming whole classes knowledge based on the response of one or two confident <laughs> yeah, students. It's absolutely. so easy to do. Yeah. It's so and easy even to if do. you even if you cold call and you you pick that student, it's still not telling you anything. Absolutely right. Um, and then I might say, but well, we've not seen this one before, so can we guess what this one is? And hey, then let's guess what yeah. this one is. And now we know index notation, and let's move on with our multiplying terms. <laughs> yeah. So that was how I used to teach it. And it's interesting um, as well because you've got the issue with two squared, your classic ambiguous problem, mm. isn't it? Because you get it. Four. You've got a two and a two there. You, and it's yeah, four's yeah. the answer, but you don't know whether they've got the misconception or Absolutely. not. Yeah, I've been there, Joe. I've yeah. been there. So, and now I'm much more explicit with my teaching of powers, and I start with, oh, and I've got this thing now, which is which is controversial. This is controversial stuff Come on. because the whole thing's a power, and for about the last fifty years. We've been calling the index a power. I've, I'm still calling well, it. Well, yeah, you need to stop that right now. So what's this? So the whole thing is the a power. The whole thing's a power. This is the fourth so power two, of two. So it's not two to the power four. We can say that. Yeah, two to the power four. That's how we say it. That's how we say it. Two to the power four. But that little number is not a power. Two to the power four is a power. Yeah, this is the fourth power of two. This thing here is the fourth okay, power of two. Okay. These are powers of two. They have a base of two. They're powers. The whole thing's a power. And I've made the mistake, of, and, and, and so does most of the country. Okay. Let's so say I'll, let's say ninety nine percent of teachers do this. Okay. Because textbooks do it as well. Yeah. And yeah, we yeah. say, hey, see that little number up there? We can call that an index. We can call it a power. Yeah, or maybe we we'll call it an exponent occasionally, but probably not because we're not American and we might do that A level. Right. That kind of thing. But index so, is the only. Exponent's index, fine, index and exponent are fine and index you know what call it power if you've been calling it power for years keep calling it power it's no one's gonna die it's not the end of the world <laughs> it's not a power and if you and, and at some point i've researched this through lots and lots of old textbooks going back hundreds of years at some point someone started calling it a power everyone else started calling it a power and we now kind of get it a bit wrong it's that's interesting okay. it's an okay. index okay. and actually you know what i had some tweets from some americans who's saying why are we calling that an index because an index to them is the little number on a radical so let's say you're doing the cube root and you've got the little so that's an index oh. that's the index of the radical or the or the or the, oh, the root. Wow. and actually for us to call that an index they think it's massively confusing and they're like why aren't you calling it an exponent so the language isn't straightforward, as in everything. But base is an interesting one as well, right? Because that, that if you don't start mentioning this here, mm. when the kids get to A level and they're starting to yeah. learn logarithms and, and logs, stuff, yeah. it can really throw them Absolutely. though if, if base is a new concept. And the thing is, base is a nice because because we know that the base is at the bottom. Yeah, I like you know? base. So like base, base is a nice word because it makes total logical sense to us. Okay. So I taught this recently to my year eights, and this was my opening slide. So we 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 pulled the vocabulary apart, and okay. um, they drew it in their book, and we and we we have that nice diagram, and some of them labelled it wrong and did that little line going in, and it's like no, the whole <laughs> thing is the power. Sure. Um, and then so here's the powers of two. Okay. These are powers. So let's not call the little numbers powers. These are the powers. Okay. The first power of two, the second power of two, the third power okay. of two. Okay. Um, it's a bit confusing because if I had two to the power of x, then I want to say that's the x power of two, and that's a but, bit of a mouthful. Yeah. But you know, this is what these things are. 
So let's, if we say, and these are actual slides I use with students. Okay. I say, right, we're going we're gonna to just have a little look at that fourth power of two. We're going to zoom in on that one, just spend a bit of time on that. And then I'll, I'll give them that label again, and I'll yes. say, this is the index, and I'll say, this is the fourth power of two. And I'll say, how are we going to say this out loud? Um, and there's actually loads of ways of saying it. And, you know, just, just bear with me on this, because there is a ridiculous amount of ways of saying this. Um, not all in the English language. I've seen a couple of dodgy um, ones. Well, too high for. Too high for. I'm going to be honest. I just put that in because it's. I thought it was funny. In German, they say zwei hoch wir, which means literally too high for. And I thought that is a much cleverer way of saying it than how we say it. Too high for. It's a high for. It's good, isn't it? And um, that's the only one that's not an English language one because I translated it. The rest of them are genuinely ways that are said. Too at the power for. Is that one? Who's saying that? People. T- um, tweeting Who are you hanging me. around with? People tweet. That? I asked how people say it on Twitter. These were the responses. Um, not not necessarily from this country, but I say two to the power of four. Yeah. Some a lot of teachers say two to the power of four. Um, some teachers say two to the fourth. I I don't mind two to the four, and that's pretty common. What I do not tolerate is two four. So, no one's saying two four. Two four. Students are saying two four and right, not being corrected okay. on it, and that—that right, that okay. is, I mean, that makes me cross. Two four's bad. If a student says two four, I'm like, whoa. Step two fours back, as bad say as that again. Too high for so, okay. <laughs> um, But all the other ones, I mean, I say two to the power of four, but I've certainly got colleagues who say two to the four, and that's okay. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. yeah I've done two to the um, four. But what I say to my students is, hey, we're all going to say it the way I say it because I'm going to be saying it like that and I don't want this yes. inconsistency. And then, and then I actually did do some choral response with this with my year eights recently. So I had a load of them on the board. And we did some choral response, but also I did a thing where I had... 30 of them on the board and we every single person had to say one out loud but I included some squared and cubed in there because that's uh, where the rule okay. breaks yes. because I don't want them I don't mind them saying two to the power of two but I prefer them say two squared so yes. I had a mixture of them on the board where they were saying two to the power of eight and then the next one might be two cubed so I was you know sort of throwing in that that uh, kind of there is there is an exception to I'll this t- I'll tell you where like two to the fourth breaks down a bit that's what as soon as you start getting into f- fractional yes you're right yeah you're in a bit of trouble there yeah. aren't you yeah so two to the power of the That's, thing works I'm for anything happy yeah i'm happy with that so this was interesting i just wanted to mention this because i spotted it the other day this is tj which is a scottish textbook okay and i don't know tj well no. um but i'd never seen this before what? the smaller number on the right shoulder oh my god now that's really interesting. And they've called it an index or a power. That's common. So I'm saying it's not a power, but all textbooks do that. But I've never seen it called a shoulder before. And I don't know if that's just in TJ or if that is a common thing. And I'm interested with the right shoulder. So is that implying there's a left shoulder? Like, well, that, that's interesting. That yeah, there doing? is nothing on the left shoulder. Yeah. But um, yeah, the word shoulder really confused me there. But I do think... Um, I do think it's worth talking about indices and index and the plural and specifically talking about what we mean by a plural. Yes. Um, and then notice here they've then gone on to calculators and I will talk about that later, but there okay. is so much to do on calculators here. Okay. It's a lovely topic for calculators. But in terms of language, there's all sorts going wow. on here. And just being really clear with how you want your students to say it and correcting them if they say it wrong. If they say 2-4, I'm correcting them every time. It's, it's inter- you, I mean, you love a bit of etymology of the yeah. words, don't you? Um, and it's also interesting to, to, to show kids the different ways that it's said around the world yeah. and stuff it's, it's, a, it's a very valid thing to they do find to it really piques their interest yeah. and, it, and it's memorable for yeah. them and stuff as well when I talk about narrative and enrichment that's the kind of thing I'm talking about yes. so when I talk about um, kind of having a bit of narrative in the math lessons it's when I sit down and I kind of perch on the edge of the desk and I do my let me tell you what they do in America yeah, and they're thinking yeah. well Miss knows a lot about maths you know it's that kind of thing <laughs> which is like that's the narrative where I'm just up. you know it's I, you know I know you're, you're, you're obsessed with time in lessons I and am. you using time carefully Correct. and I think that it's a good use of time to have a bit of narrative okay. and you know that's okay. uh, that's debatable I think so then I might say well we've looked at the powers of two now let's look at the powers of a yes so it's the first power of a the second power of a the third power of a like and it. it works in the same way as the powers of two um and then this is a genuinely a slide from my lessons I talk about Descartes okay and in um he wrote in his book in the in the kind of uh, the appendix in his book he, he he did a load of notation stuff where he basically introduced a lot of our modern notation and there it is in French and we actually look at it in French they don't speak French I can understand a bit of this that yeah. uh, end of the first line um, and a a or a squared um, to multiply a by itself nice and so I've got the translation there we don't speak French yeah um, so, so I didn't actually say it in French there because my accent <laughs> yeah. is not good um, but the idea is that he's saying 
um, and thus to infinity. And he here is for the first time ever introducing index notation. It had never been seen before, and we have now used that. And that was 1637. It is standard in our mathematical lives and now. Kids love little tidbits. Yeah. Like, again, and even if you're not that interested, it's 30 seconds of time. But for yeah. the ones who that resonates with, that's, yeah. that's lovely. It's exactly. It's not a lot of time. And, and, and you know, I like to think... I also do, does anyone know anything about Descartes? And we talk about, I think, therefore I am. But I don't know much about the philosophy, but I would like to kind of go down these routes a bit more. We'll do philosophy in depth next year, Joe. We'll two months in box this. Um, once I've done the Descartes bit, then now this is an exercise from Rayner, which was a great textbook from the 90s. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And this oh, is just, this. Yeah, yeah, this is introduction to, um, and notice how we're using a calculator, because there is no harm in using a calculator here. We're so... We're so quick to say to our students, no, indices is a non-calculated topic, but there's no harm using it here. We're getting to fill in the table. So in the first one, we say two to the power four, we write, and then we've got that notation, we work out this, and from our calculator, we can get nice. the answer, because I'm not going to have them waste time working things out here. Yes. So we can go through and fill that in and notice the gaps. It's a bit like a fill in the gaps where the it gaps is. are in different places. The, the calculator point, I know you're going to come on to this later, but it's an interesting one to just to address very quickly here that I think a mistake I've made, I don't know if it's the same with you, Joe, is I've reserved calculator use for the so-called calculator topics, whether oh, yeah. it's trigonometry yes, yeah. or solving quadratic equations. Mm -hmm. But kids aren't good at using calculators, are they? Yeah, and, and often you'll have you, listeners probably seen this themselves. You'll get kids, and it's particularly the lower achieving kids on foundation. It's a foundation calculator paper, and they're not using the calculator for some, so and it just does, does my head in. Yes, it's a, it's a really common problem. It's something I'm really working hard on at the moment. So my recent conference presentations have been on how to solve that problem mm. because it's 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 a we're in a bit of a mess with it. They got rid of calculators at primary, and then suddenly we've got generations of kids who um, are barely using calculators in key stage three because we're saying no you need to practice your arithmetic yes. all the time so no they don't they need to also practice their calculator a lot so we need to chill out a bit on the no calculators here there's plenty of opportunities to use calculators indices I like it. um the um this was from wow. this is from a, a textbook from tajikistan and that is um write an index notation. Now look at the difference. This was from Rayner and it's just numbers. Yes. Whereas here they're saying, well, that first one is five to the power of five. And then we've got a quarter to the power of whatever that is, seven or something. Yes. And then look, that says six, 14 times. So oh, it's six wow. to the power okay. of 14. Yes, yes. And then we've got a negative X to the power of 25. Yeah. And this, this looks like a killer and it's really not yeah, because it's yeah, just yeah. index yeah. notation. And why not use um, non-integer bases. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's it's interleaving, it's getting kids familiar with things. It's exactly. really, and it's not getting them in that fixed mindset that in, uh, indices is just number yeah. related at this stage. I so, love it. So yeah, I mean, I took that idea and I created this resource, which I use, I've used a couple of times now and it, and it always works really well where it's similar to the Rainer thing, but yes. also bringing ideas from yes. that other one where I'm saying the first few they're fine on and actually... The thing that kind of throws them is that there's brackets. I have to talk about the brackets. Yes. I have to talk about why did I put, if you look sort of two-thirds of the way down the left-hand side, why did I do negative three to power four? And why did I put my negative yeah. three in a bracket? So just having a little conversation about why I've chosen to use brackets there is actually a really useful conversation. Do you know what? A couple of my favourite questions on there, Joe, straight away. I love the power of ones there. I love the five to the power of one yeah. and the nine XY to the power of one. Because that, that's the ones that throws kids, right? It's yeah. those, those boundary examples that are so obvious yes. to us. Well, of course it's the same. But unless yeah. you explicitly confront kids with that... Yeah. We don't know if they, they know I'll it. tell you where they totally can't do this. They, bear okay, in mind, this is they haven't done index laws. Yeah. This is notation. The one on the right-hand side, yeah. nearest the bottom, and it's um, 9a to the power 7 times 9a to the power 7. That's where they the very best students, they st get stuck there. They put their hand up at that point. And it's just 9a to the power, power 7 squared. Yes. That's all I'm looking for there. Yes. I've got something times something. Yes. And we're saying, well, something times something is that thing squared. Yeah, yeah. And it, that, that one totally throws them, even though just above it we had the 7ab and they were fine oh, with that. And it's because there's that index in there. Yes. And they've not seen that before. Yeah. So, I mean, it's quite these, these activities are so revealing in terms of things I haven't thought to address with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to what you said at the start, why it's so important. The examples and explanations we choose are so important yeah. for understanding. Yeah. Lovely, Joe. Um, this is from a Victorian textbook from the 1800s. <laughs> you love an old textbook. I do, and you? the thing is, it's worth looking at how did they do this back then? What order did they do it in? Yes. Um, and here, it's so similar to what we do now. They're saying, write these in simplest form. They're saying, write it in index notation. So we've got a B times B, and they have yes. to write B squared. Yes. Notice how they get rid of the multiplication signs about halfway down. So we're looking for E, 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 E. 
um, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah we don't yeah, need yeah. those multiplication signs yeah. in there. Um, and then we've got some combinations, like we've got E, E, F, 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 so they're writing E yes. squared F to power 4. This is nothing but notation. We are not on index that's laws it, yet. We that. are just looking at notation. Um, these days, and then that was that was the first part. That was a really that was a page long. These days we have the same, but we get six questions in the textbook. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. just a difference in volume. We're actually asking really similar stuff these days, but there we had, I don't know, maybe 50 questions, and now we have six questions. And I like the top one again, it's got the use of ones in it. I'm, I'm a bit obsessed yeah, with ones. Ones, yeah. ones and zeros I'm yeah. obsessed with because again it's obvious to us teachers, yeah. but to kids. Yeah, so on question go... 24 at the top, they're gonna they're gonna be like, Well, what what am I is it? I mean we know it's seven and exactly, squared. Exactly, exactly. Like, you can imagine it all ones. kicking off there. Yeah, yeah I love it. Um, this was interesting. This is from Augustus de Morgan. I love him. He's one of my favourite uh, mathematicians. He set up the London Mathematical Society. So he was like, he wrote some really clever things. And he says the beginner should write for himself. Everything was always male back then, by the way. Right. Um, such expressions as the following: four a b squared. Now this is interesting. Uh, actually, I think there's a there's a there's a power. Uh, sorry, an, uh, power. Oh, there's an index <laughs> missing there. Oh yes. It should say four a cubed, cubed b yeah, squared. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's saying that they should they should write that out as A A A B B wow. plus A A A B B. And I never would have thought to do that. And I'm not saying we should do that. Yeah, yeah. But this was really interesting. When I'm he's writing on how we should teach maths, he writes papers on how to improve math teaching. And he's suggesting that we should be getting our students to write stuff like this out. Now the last line there is perhaps a bit more like what we do yes, now. Yes. But actually we normally go the other way. We give them the right hand yeah, side yeah, and ask yeah. them to write the left, yeah. and actually we're not asking them to go in reverse. So I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. That is interesting. Um, Victorian <laughs> times. This is an explanation from Victorian times. Uh, if a quantity be multiplied by itself any number of times, the product is called a power. So remember, it's the product. The whole thing is the power. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're on, they're on board they're with on, me. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Um, and they're saying that A times A is called the second power of A, and then etc. And they're saying um, we call it an index or an exponent. Yeah, yeah. And then, there's, then they have a little note on how we say it. A squared is usually read A squared, A cubed, A cubed. And then A to the power of 4 is read A to the 4th, oh, which used to be the common way of saying it. And then we changed that okay. a bit. Um, and then I love this last bit. When the index is unity, so that's 1, yes. it is omitted. Thus, we do not write A to the power of 1, but simply A. And I love it when they say unity, because that's so lovely. Nice. Um, and then the straight away they're saying, well, we have to distinguish between a coefficient and an index. So they're talking about the difference between 3A and A cubed. And we okay. know that's the big thing. That's yeah, the thing. So this is our big misconception. Students thinking that 3 squared is 6. Yep. And students saying that R times R is 2R. These are our misconceptions now. And they've been misconceptions in math teaching as long as math teaching it's has existed. Well, yeah, right? right from the beginning of math teaching, they've got the same things wrong. So we're pulling our hair out thinking that we're terrible teachers. It's, it's always been it? a problem. Yeah, people can't get this right. And the way that they dealt with it then, they started with substitution. So they said, here's an exercise substitution. Some of them are coefficients some of them are indices that's that's how they started and um, so there we have this exercise this is exercise number one in the textbook of algebra yeah, from the victorian tentics yeah like victorian tentics exactly and they've got they've got um some of them have a coefficient some have an index and that's their way into this that's, that's their way of, of starting this they, sort love, of exploration. They, they love a full stop after a question don't they as well, well someone the other day tweeted I, I shared i shared a resource and they replied and said i'm very impressed with the correct use of punctuation and, and actually since then i've been putting full stops after yeah. Everything. Yeah, why aren't we putting full stops in our maths? Come on. Get a bit confused with the decimal point. Yeah, yeah. I have confused some students recently. <laughs> right, well, that's probably why. If you use the equation editor and you do a um, like a fraction, then a full stop, it does look a bit odd. Right. Um, yeah, but I don't know. You confuse some decimal places, decimal points. Sorry, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. I don't, I don't think that's an issue. You know? Yeah. Well, what's, there's no there's, there's no problem with having a decimal point there anyway. Okay. All right. Oh, no, whatever. Whatever. Um. The um. Yeah, so, but notice that we have 7 to the power of x, look at in the bottom one, question 36. Yes, so we're straight away putting yeah, those, the yeah, substitution nice. and like that. Now that's I made nice. my own version of this. Okay. It's long. I don't necessarily, in fact, I say I don't necessarily think anyone should give this. I, my year eights did this and, and the, the, the quick ones did the whole lot. Okay. Um, so yes, I don't, I mean, some people will be like, this is terrible. It's too long, too many questions. But um, it's exactly what they were doing in Victorian times. Look, I've got the x squared, the x cubed and the x power four. And then I've got two x, three x, four x. And then, and then I'm, then I'm putting the substitution into the index and then I'm mixing up indices now this is not 
intelligent practice variation theory type stuff because I don't know how to write that stuff. But this is I mean, neither do I. Th- this could be turned thing. into that kind of exercise. Sure, sure, sure. So with a this bit, is this is kind of flu- what you'd call fluency. This practice. is fluency. Yeah, absolutely. And all, and the thing I'm emphasising, and then when I'm going for the answers, I'm emphasising let's not mix up our indices and coefficients. And again, you, you and the thing is with this, and again, this this is me stating the obvious here. But it's not just a case of kids doing these and then the answers go up and then that's oh, job right. done because you've got things like like I'm looking at question 35 and 38. There's a lovely discussion to be had there mm-hmm. compared to oh, 34 yeah. and 37 yeah. are they the same are they different yeah. and so on and so yeah. forth and it's it's that choice of question yeah. that then provides the catalyst for interesting discussions yes, to be absolutely. had with them yeah love it um now there's all sorts of places now bear in mind we're just on notation i haven't started index laws yet we haven't now <laughs> and the thing is that in this presentation i don't go anywhere near fractional indices yeah. or negative indices because there's so much to say we are just going to look at index laws wow. so we finished okay. um we finished looking at notation but you know there are things we can do even at this point where all we've done is we've done a couple of lessons on notation and hey we can do some problem solving already yes so all we're doing like this is um i That's think this really is from colin nice. foster nice. and we're just saying what's the difference between three to power four and four to power of three which one's bigger can we think of anywhere they're lovely, the same lovely. and then maybe this is from um some there's all sorts of things like this i mean that yes. sort of problem you'll find anywhere but that is arrange the digits to make the to make the sum as large as possible and that's literally just testing index notation nothing else it's lovely but again this is what colin would call a mathematical etude where yeah. it's you're getting that fluency practice but you get it in a problem-solving yeah. context yeah. where a bit more is going yeah. on. Um, and the other thing that we could do at this point is binary. Um, <laughs> now, I would do... That's the sort of thing I would put in at the end of the summer term. You know when people start doing the sort of lessons where they watch yes. a video? Yeah. At that point, I would do... I would go off curriculum and I would teach something in like binary. binary. But actually, by, if you have time... Binary is about powers of two, and it couldn't fit more perfectly into a series of lessons on index notation. So the kids thinking they're watching Toy Story four, and in fact, binary. Yeah, but the kids love learning binary, and I, I mean, I actually, I don't know. I should find out what they do in computer science on binary, because presumably oh, yes. they do some of it there. But actually, the the link to um, index notation is, I mean, this it, given that the whole of binary is once you know your powers of two, you can write in another language. I mean, yeah, that's that's nice. awesome. That is nice. Okay, so just finishing off on um, index notation, this is one that I created. They are problems, problem solving. It's just some fun problems to play with. Oh, nice. And all it involves is index notation. Yeah, no index notation nice at all. Some of them, it's really accessible. So every student can start this because the first one is a nine. Could be a negative nine. So there's a discussion point there. And then there's some interesting ones um, near the end. That's nice, though. Um, and there's some cases where, yeah, so for example, that last one, um, I could put the same number in each and is there anything else I could do? Yes, I could have a yes. negative one. There's, there's some nice discussions I like to be that. out there. I like yeah. it. Um, so that was index notation. And you can see that that's a whole load of stuff. That's a lesson or two where we have, we've just looked at the notation itself. Some of that might be in year seven when you start looking at um, multiplying in algebra. But then also, I sort of did some of this again in year eight when I was teaching index laws. So I started with, let's make sure we know what an index is before I teach you index laws. And I think the point there is that, again, for about... 13 years of teaching what you've just done there that's maybe 10 minutes of my lesson maybe and then mm. i dive into this stuff yeah whereas again you're there's so much room to go deep with Absolutely. this kind of stuff yeah. there's no need to rush through it all because yeah. we're re it's interesting maths and it's important maths. Yeah. it is really important because it's fundamental to so much that follows so what we'll do now is look at index laws Okay, so index laws are um, such a wonderful topic, and it's one of those, I call it a performance topic. They always get it in the lesson. Your weaker students will be able to do index laws in the lesson, and it's a case of, um, it's very, you know, we're multiplying the terms, add the indices, here's a load of questions, add the indices. Yeah, wow, my students really got this. Hey, you know what? My bottom set did really well on index laws. It's that kind of topic. We're actually, um, to teach this really well, it's the question is, are they going to remember it? And can they apply it to those kind of unseen problems? And it's this difference between performance and learning that's so important. So it's it's definitely, this is one of the ones where we always feel pretty good at the end I of like our that. lessons. Performance it's a performance topic. topic. And it was important there, the kids feel pretty good as well because they, yeah, yeah. they think they've got yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. They feel like this is a topic that's gone well for them. And the important point there with the index laws is what they're thinking about 
is how to add two numbers together, Absolutely. Yeah. So, which anyone can do. Yeah. They're not thinking yeah. about the fundament, fundamentals Absolutely. of index laws. Fascinating. So um, we, we all know the common misconceptions here, but I'll just quickly mention I mean, them. You say we all know them, but again, as inexperienced teachers, this is this this could be quite a surprise, right? Yeah, I, I suppose when so, When you yeah. first When you first teach a topic, particularly if you've been used to being good at maths and always been in top yeah. set, first three years of my career, I was surprised every day. I was like, what the hell are yeah, kids doing you're here? You're right, actually. And I think the first one is something I've seen students do on exams and I've been tearing my hair out because I think I've taught index laws yeah, so well yeah, yeah, yeah. that I think they are looking at this and they're thinking three times three times three times three times three times yeah, three and yeah, then yeah, we, yeah. we can have got seven threes there so it's three to power seven that's what I'm thinking that's going on in their brain and then they're writing that down and I'm saying well you didn't do that when they were exes yes, you didn't change the base yeah, it's but hard, that's hey? really common yeah. and the other one um, that's um, that I've seen a fair amount is say say oh, we're expanding the bracket yes. they're not seeing that as index law so yeah. they're not seeing that as why squared multiplied by y to power three add the indices and then multiplying the two indices. That's interesting. Um, the I used to teach this in one lesson. I could do index laws in a lesson. Yeah, why not? Yeah. In fact, I did, in, I did this. This was um, an interview lesson I did for a job <laughs> that I got. Um, so my interview <laughs> lesson was, um, I was told to teach index laws. It was top set year eight. It was their first time seeing this topic. So I derived multiplication law. I did the wow. understanding bit. You know, wow. I showed them how it works. Yep. I showed them some examples. They did a few. I derived the division yeah. law. I showed some examples. I did a few. I derived the power law. I was showing the why. You're flying. Um, I did these examples. I gave them an exercise. It's a great exercise. I'm going to show you the exercise. It's really nice. Some of them finished. I gave them extension. Yeah, got the job. Got the job. And but, but genuinely, you can teach index laws. And this in a is lesson. your if you want to show rapid progress. <laughs> this is it. Right? This is it takes all the boxes. It's kind of a superficial. Is you know this is surface level teaching. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I did this. And um, there's no depth no, whatsoever no. there. Um, and this was the exercise I gave them. I'm not criticising this exercise. Okay. There was some lovely stuff. It really pulls out some misconceptions. In fact, I used this this year as a consolidation at the end of my kind of week and a half of teaching. That's nice. Te I like That's that. nice. It's teach it maths and it's just a code breaker. Kids love code breakers. Um, and some unusual questions in there. Yeah. Question 17 is nice. Question yeah, 19 I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the ones they all get wrong. Oh, yeah, go on. So these three. Oh, okay. So the, the first one... I mean, you know, as soon as they see a bracket, they start talking about all yeah, the operations. Yes. And actually, um, they can do the bracket first. They can expand the bracket here if they... No, they can't oh, expand the bracket because it's not a plus or a minus. And that's massively confusing yeah, because when we teach yeah, expanding brackets, we don't talk about the fact that... We're, we have two, two separate terms in the bracket when we expand. Wow, that's that one is, term in the bracket. Yeah, that's interesting. It's confusing, isn't it? So we don't want them to expand the bracket. We no. want them to do the brackets first. Uh, but but when they do that, they're going to get y to the power of 26. Yeah. And they're going to say y to the power of 14. Of they are. But then we need them to realise that when they're multiplying, and they're not, they're so used to seeing that time sign when you teach index laws, they haven't seen it like this before. Yes. So they're all getting that wrong. That's a great question. Um, the next one, they can do the power law bit, no problem. They've got y to the power of 63. Yes. But then they're not adding the one. No. Really common problem. And then the one that throws them the most is when you put a non-index laws question in the middle of an index laws exercise and they have no clue. And that's so important to do, right? Yeah. This is your non-examples that we've yeah. taught through and we will continue to talk through the yeah, topic in that absolutely. series. So they're Lovely. saying, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, to me, that, that, that one that's not index laws is the best question on that sheet. I like that. Um, so this is, how I, this is how I've always done it. I still, I still do it a bit like okay. this, where we talk about what do I mean by a squared times a yes, cubed. Yes, that's nice. I mean, that's, that's I mean, it's nice. so easy to explain the concept here. Yep. That's why I like index laws. There's no really complex concept it's, it's kind of clear to us and it's clear to our students why we've got an A to power five there. Yeah. So I still do that now. Um, but then when um, when we had our all the, the NECTM sent the exchanges to Shanghai, yes. they came back and Claire Hill, who was on that exchange, she had seen some, um, some non-examples and some examples and she'd seen all sorts of things on index mm. laws. And she said that, hey, where I'm doing that, they're doing that. <laughs> yeah. So they've got these, again, like we saw earlier, these yeah. interesting bases coming in. This is all um, multiplication law. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got um, a time sign in the first one. We've got the dot. Now, we don't really go near no, the dot until no, no. really university. Yes, yes. So, so we might not do that here. But we've got three terms in that one second from bottom. Yeah. We've got some algebraic bases. We've got yes. some numerical bases. Yes. So the idea of adding the indices there is way more interesting and there's a lot more going on than the stuff I've been doing. Mm. So um, so then I introduced this and, and I've done this a few times now and, and I do this, I spend a long time on this one slide. So we're doing the examples and non-examples, but I literally go through each one 
and I say, right, the first one, the bases are the same, we're multiplying the terms, we add the indices, and then I write down the answer. And the next one, I say it again, the bases are the same, we're multiplying the terms, so we add the indices. I like it. And we don't care that they're decimals, we can add them. Yep. The next one, the bases are the same, we're multiplying the terms, so we add the indices, and we talk about that okay. one. Got and it. then the next one, Base is the same, oh, yes. we're multiplying the terms. So that emphasizing the fact that we haven't got a time sign, but we yeah, are multiplying. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously you can see that I've got um, sometimes like, you know, your four to the power of A times four to the power of B is four to the power of A plus B. And then we've got those it's kind of unusual start. bases. We've got three. And then I'll go over to the other side and, and I'll, for each one, I'll say the bases aren't the same. Yes. We are multiplying the terms. We cannot add the yes. indices. So I literally will verbalize every one of them why we are not doing Smooth. it. And again, it's the choice of the examples that, yeah. that does this, right? Yeah. And then what I do with that is I go on to this, which is from your site, from variationtheory.com. Things are looking up um, now. Yeah. yeah, and I and I will, um, and, we, and we can go, so, you know, there's various ways, and, and you've got guidance on your site of how to use it, and there's various ways you can do it. You know, you could have um, choral response. You could pick people to answer them. Mm. You could go through them as a class. You could go, I could go through them. Mini whiteboards I have to use All sorts of this. things, yep. yeah. Um, but this was really interesting because it followed on directly yeah, from that. Yeah, it's lovely. That. Uh, and it was, you know, the first one. Yes, and actually what I did was I got... I went around the class and got every, so no one was getting out of it and everyone was answering one and everyone was everyone was answering one and having to give a reason and having to verbalize the base is the same when multiplying the terms we add the indices and then if it if it didn't work then if it was a no they had to say where that rule broke that's interesting so we did that and that was that worked really well i used that this year for the first time following so i've used that one before but this time this followed perfectly yes. from that Back to, back to Victorian back. times, yeah. Let's yeah. Do it. So back in the 1800s, um, notice how um, they're doing their, they're explaining index laws here, but they then introduced the coefficients. Now oh, we yes. um, don't have coefficients here, yeah. um, we and the thing is that does get a bit confusing for them because now they're sort of saying, well, the base isn't the same. Yes. It's like, well, the bases are the same, but this time we've got a coefficient. Yeah, so here, like hard. if you look at the example at the bottom. Um, the bases are the same because the bases are the A bit yes. and the 5 and the 7 are just coefficients so it does get quite it complex does. and here. kids need to know about order of operations to, yeah. to fully know what's yeah. going on there and so the way that one is written out I mean that's what we need to be doing we need to be talking that's about nice. the 5 times 7 and the A yeah and that. that's nice that um, something else um, that they then bring in is and now this is interesting because they've brought in the three terms but look at how they've written They've done the first two. Oh, yeah, wow. I know you can't really read the numbers because it's not a great um, yeah. copy. But they've done the first two and they've written the plus in the index. And I don't normally do that. No, that's interesting. And then they've written the, they've written their workings out, whereas I would just write yeah, the answer there. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that was interesting, the sort of writing out of the the workings a bit sort of clearer and writing that, that adding up in the index. Well, what are they chatting about here? It's called the continued product. Are you using yeah, we, we don't call it that anymore. There's a lot of vocabulary that's died out. Um, it's just the product of three or more expressions and actually they, they use that quite a lot and you know these things just disappear really it's interesting um so they've introduced at least you know more than two terms so they've introduced coefficient they've introduced more than two terms then they've got their shed loads of practice oh, so yes, our, slop, love that. our fluency um totally different to the exercise we see today because they haven't put the time sign in they've put multiplication uh, sign they just said yes. multiply together and they've got an and they've got the full stuff in there though they've so got the full stops yeah and then notice down the bottom we're into that's going to have to be expanding brackets at the bottom because we're multiplying, yes, yes, say, yes, yes. three terms by a term, and that means we're going to have to, you know, it's not quite as straightforward. So we wouldn't do that now. And I'm not suggesting we want no, to do no, that no, now. No. Yeah. Sure. Um, so that, that bit at the bottom is perhaps um, a bit different to how we would currently start, because I, I might not have taught expanding brackets, so I don't yes, really want to yes, go yes. there at this point. Be a good recap exercise, though, for year 11s or something yeah, like that, Yeah, absolutely, right? yeah. And then um, we could we could put fractional negative and algebraic indices in at any point mm. because just because you know like for example that question one they you know we know they want to add the two and the five to get the seven as the index yeah but you know we could have a one point five and a three point five yeah, and there's no reason yeah, not to absolutely. and in fact also no reason not to have a calculator on the desk unless we're specifically wanting to practice arithmetic why not yes yeah so we shouldn't let the adding slow us down here because it's algebra so so we're not cheating with the calculator because it's algebra so there's all sorts we can do there um they also in victorian times something i really like was they took every single opportunity to bring negatives in well, and we don't do that and well, i certainly don't do no, it enough me now. so straight away now this is no different it's index laws with coefficients but they're making those coefficients negative and they do this a lot every time they can bring in negatives. So this is another exercise, which is really similar to previous exercise. And the only difference is, hey, you need to know how to multiply a negative by a positive yes, or a negative yes. by a negative. 
So I thought that's quite nice that, that we is. just we just don't bring that in as much. You know, we we the opportunities to interleave negatives probably in every single topic. Absolutely, we teach. and it's one of the highest value skills around because yeah. it comes into everything. Um. So there's an exercise from variationtheory.com. Another another good shout out, Roger. <laughs> and I tell you what. Um, this is really interesting because we've got those negatives in the indices. Yes, yes. So again, when I gave this to my students, I didn't let them use a calculator because I wanted them to practice. I wanted them to know what three plus negative yes, 10 is. Yes, yes, yes. So I didn't let them use one there. But this is another really good example of different stuff going on. So we're not just saying add the three and the four, add the three and the five, blah, it's boring. We've got those negatives. And then if you look down at question 15 and 16, then we've got some algebra up there, so it's a case of do they know how to add 5y yes. and negative 4y? And when I've, I've done this this exact one with kids, and between 8 and 9 it often kicks off. When that when that coefficient yeah. starts to appear yeah. there, it, it starts to throw them. And it's that it's that crossover between when, when something, I mean that's the whole idea of, of behind these sequences, when just that one thing changes, what impact is that yeah. going to have on your on your answer? Nice. Yeah, so I've used that, and that's that's a brilliant one. And so that was, notice how that was, I've just been talking about the multiplication yeah. a lot. And, and whereas previously I've done the more than one lesson, I've just, I've maybe done one or two lessons there, perhaps two lessons just on one law. So and, rather and, than And again, you minutes, could boil it down to just add the indices together, but it's so much yeah, more than so that, Yeah, there's so much we can do. That's so I reckon, especially when you bring the coefficients in, that's two or three lessons there. I then, I've gone for power law next, not division law. All controversial. Because I see the power law is just an extension of the multiplication law. It follows on. Because if you look at what we're doing here, a squared cubed is a squared times a squared times a squared, and then we're back to multiplication law, we're adding the indices. Okay. So we could just see it. I don't think it really matters. I tried, it this, I tried it this year, I don't think it made much difference, but I did do power law. But you're right, law though, next. by default, I always do that last, and I've yeah, never, never I thought never We, thought we all have this weird order of the three yeah, of them, yeah, and I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, that's interesting. So I did that. This is from a modern textbook. This is um, a textbook from a couple of years ago. And that is, um, notice how question 14, D and E are the exact same question. <laughs> so that's yeah. not great. So that means that we actually have... Oh, literally the same. Literally yeah, the same question. So we have six questions, five questions, because it's a duplicate, <laughs> five questions without coefficients, and then we have six questions yeah. with coefficients. And Don, that's... They, I mean, assuming that they don't think this is sufficient. I mean, it's a, it's a textbook that has the whole of GCSE in. Yeah. Whereas it used to be you'd have a textbook that had some algebra in. Yes. And anyway, we've got too much stuff in our yes. textbooks. So compare that to that, wow. from, and that's from the 50s, that's not even Victorian times. Yeah. In the 50s they had that many questions, I'm not suggesting we have to do that many questions now, you know, we're into the hundreds there, but there's some better quality questions yeah, in there. that's interesting. Okay? And if you look at that one, 2x squared plus 3x all squared, that is power law, so use your power law on the 3x all squared and you get 9x squared. Yes, yes, and then yes. there's some simplifying because you're then yeah, adding it to 2x squared and you get 11x squared. And it goes back to, again, we said at the start, like if you look at 14 and 15, the, the, the newer version, what are kids thinking about there? Are they thinking about indices or are they just multiplying numbers. those numbers yeah, together? Absolutely. I mean, question 100 there is, is bringing in the power law and the multiplication law together. Yeah. So there's, there's some really great stuff lovely, there. Lovely I questions. actually turned, I, used, I turned that into this. I basically borrowed those questions, nice. typed them up Remixed and them. did this with my... Um, with my year eights this year. Nice. So it was, you know, it started off, this was all I gave them to, this was their fluency practice on power law. So it wasn't a separate one where I gave them questions like one and two. Yes. I went, this was their, this was their practice. And it's important, like one and two are in there to, to yeah. ease them into it they and stuff, that, yeah. but then you want them thinking about other things. Lovely. Yeah. And, and yeah, they do, the, the index does, I mean, actually, I'll tell you where they struggle was question seven, because I hadn't shown them one like that. Ah, yes, of course. So that was where I had the most hands up, was that, which was surprised me because that's relatively straightforward to us, but I just, that was new to them. It's classic um, curse of knowledge, isn't it? Yeah, and, well, so. if, and my rule is if there's any doubt, stick a question yeah. in on it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to talk about change of base because I kind of feel like I need an hour on that. It's a massive thing. It's I find it really hard to teach it very well. I used some stuff from variationtheory.com this year and it really helped because it, it really sort of broke it down into stages. We could tease the view. We might be back with one of those at another yeah, time. Well, Who knows? change of base, I think, is um, something that I want to go off and spend a long time thinking about how to teach it because I tried it this year with my year eights and they I went too fast on it yes. and they just couldn't do it. And like I say, normally I do it if you're 10, year 11. It's massive for A level. I mean, well, if you look yeah. at that question there, which I've used at A level many times, it's like an introduction in like question, sort of right? lesson two of a level um they need to put them all as a base two so write them all as powers of two then multiply some fractions and then put the fractions in order and yeah. um, so i always use that one with a level um and it's 
basic skills and they you know they don't even need a fraction skills they don't have one anymore because it's all yeah. calculator but that changing the base thing um is to me that's it's it's complex and fundamental and lovely i love change of base but students um who are novice learners to indices yes. that's a step too far in some cases um so finishing off with the index laws um we've got division law nice so we've got, um, that's interesting from Victorian times because we're doing, um, notice how they've written it out, 27, yeah, 8, they, power 5. They love five, a bit of that, don't and they? And they're writing it all out. It helps though, it really I, helps. Yeah, I think it does, yeah. And notice how they've written the, the subtraction in the index there. Yes. Which again, something I've never done, actually being really explicit about that subtraction. That is nice. And then um, there's their practice, absolutely tons of it, and a really nice range of questions. So again, something wow. that's changed a lot in how we teach at the moment. And again, it's just getting kids familiar with weird-looking things, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, nice. they've got all these weird fractions. That, you know, I, half uh, question 43, half A divided by half A. It's really random. Like, why nice. is that in there? I but, like it. I like um, it. And then if you look at, again, from the if we look at textbooks from foreign countries... Now, this is confusing to us because they use a ratio symbol to mean division there. So right, that, that is their division wow, symbol. Okay. But notice how they have the division symbols, but they also have the fraction as well. So we yes. need our students to know that divisions yes, and fractions yes. are equivalent. And they've got all sorts of things happening here. Nice. There's some really good stuff there. I, I noticed how you subtly avoided naming the countries you can't say yeah, it. Yeah, well, I, well, I did so try earlier. That's good. Um, so we need our students to see a range of things, including fractions, division symbols. Sometimes we've got algebra in the index, so we're just subtracting algebraically. Sometimes we've got numbers in the index. Sometimes we have numbers in the base. Sometimes we have algebra in the base. Wow. We have all these things. And, and, and like to say that we can teach that in five minutes when there's all this stuff that we can explore. Yes. Um, and really... Um, and again, the, the point there, again, it's worth going back to with all these topic in depth. It's, it's not wasted time doing this because the kids are understanding this topic better, but they're also interleaving in all the other topics. So they're understanding that better. Yes. So it's time really well spent, yeah. I think, on this. And I think, so there's so much we can do on index laws and you know if they get into the point where they can do these really sort of unusual you know we're putting algebra in yes. the index and that sort of thing um then you know they know they they get it and and but we we have to see they can get it with all these variations yes okay that's it for index laws and now we're going to have a look at some resources looking at some resources and activities for teaching index laws there are hundreds and they're all wonderful i'm just going to show you some of my favorites okay um, variationtheory.com. So, you know, I've mentioned, it, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times. Really, really good questions. This is um, the power law. There's no coefficients in here, but notice how there's a mixture of um, number and algebra and indices and some fractions and some negatives. I wrote really. that one. Oh, did you? Yeah. Really classic, great questions. Classic. Yeah. Really great. Um, I love this from Yummy Maths. This is awesome. Ooh. So this is really fun. Um, they... You give them all the powers of two. You talk about how they're the powers ah, of two. Nice. And then you say, well, how are we going to do 32 times 16 wow. without a calculator? Well, that's two to the power of five times two to the power of four, which is two to the power that of nine, which is 512. Yeah, I And like that, that is fun. And my year eights actually loved this. There's they, some big numbers there. That's lovely. They genuinely found this really fun. So yeah, question six, two to the power of 30 divided by two wow. to the power of six, and you can get the answer from the table. I'll give That's you that. really fun. Good old you and me. Um, MassPad have tons of lovely stuff. I mean, this one, you're using your inequality symbols, and this one's actually just about index notation. Yes. This isn't index laws, but do we know what three squared is? Do we know what two cubed is? And can we get that right symbol? Because we're interleaving those symbols. Nice. Um, this one's from an OUP textbook, but it's a really nice example of just a slightly more interesting way of asking. It's a bit of problem solving here. The three terms on each edge have to multiply to give 60. So you just need to think about your multiplication law. Oh, so in that bottom right yes, corner, yes, yes. what coefficient am I going to need and what index am I going to need in order to get... Just get 60. Yeah. That's good. That's, that's quite a tricky one. It's lovely, though. Um, Teach It Maths has this great um, crossword which is to do with using a calculator. So if you want your students to practice using that key on the calculator, that power key. Which we assume they can use yeah, perfectly which, competently, which they, yeah. no, which and they definitely there's, can't. There's a number of keys. We've got the root keys. We've got the, you know, how do we do a cube root? How do we do a fifth root? How do we do a power of 20? Yeah. So all those keys we need to teach them. We can use an emulator for that. And then we can get them doing this really nice activity. Um, finally, there is tons of problem solving we can do here. So absolutely loads of stuff we can do in terms of um, write as many expressions as you can that um, are equal to eight, but involve indices. That's so we nice. can play around with that. That's and nice. then with this is pretty tricky. If three to the power of 100 is denoted by, denoted by M, 
how do we write 3 to the power of 101? Now, this is pretty tricky, and this is real kind of extension problem-solving wow. stuff. Um, I would normally give that at A-level, and, and that takes a bit of thinking. So there's some lovely stuff there. Now, notice how we're, we're looking at all these resources. We haven't gone near negative and fractional indices. I haven't mentioned um, the zero index, which is a really oh, nice opportunity yes. for spotting patterns and for, there's all sorts of things to do there. So there's all this stuff we could do. And how many lessons should we spend on index laws? I don't have an answer for that, but the answer is lots of lessons, yes. lots and lots of lessons going into depth and getting to the point where we can do anything on index laws. Because it goes back to the point of this, this whole series is that Again, we shouldn't, we shouldn't think in terms of exams, but if we're thinking practically, we need to prepare the kids for the unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Exams, by their very nature, have to be unpredictable. Mm -hmm. It's one of the guidelines given to examiners when they're creating the AO3 questions. Yep. They've got to be unusual. Mm -hmm. So we can't prepare kids for everything. We can't have shown them every type of question they're going to get mm -hmm. on an exam. Yep. So our only option is to teach in depth, yep. is to prepare them to be the flexible, problem-solving mathematicians that we need them to be. Absolutely. And the only way to do that is to teach the yeah. topics in if depth. We skin service of everything they're never going to get there no so my even if this is even if people um watching this haven't learned anything new about indices i hope that the message i'm giving is that when we're planning a topic we need to plan it in depth we need to re research it and really think about what is my teaching going to look like if i actually teach this really really properly like really go into that detail and then when we deliver those lessons we actually teach it in depth so we spend time on things when we can. And the, I mean, that's the challenge for teachers. Today. So, so the question to listeners there is, um, how does your teaching of indices fit into this? Do you use some of the resources that Joe uses? Do you use them in the same way? Do you use them in different ways? Do you have some of your own favorite resources that you like to use? And how would they fit into this, this bundle, this approach, this sequence that, that Joe's been talking about? I thought that was absolutely fascinating. And we'll be back with more Topic In Depth, kindly supported by the TES in the near future. Bye-bye.